Hey cuties, welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What? I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. All right, cuties, let's get into this Mimi update. First of all, let me start off by saying a bitch is on vacation. That's right. Vacation started on Thursday of last week, and it goes well into the new year. Woo! So I've been doing a lot of nothing. It's so funny because I feel like when I have to work, even at home, that the day goes by so slow. But the minute you're on vacation, it's like time speeds up and you're like, where the fuck is the rest of my day? That's exactly how my day played out today. Anyway, um, so babe and I are on vacation. The kids still have school. They have three days of school this week. They should be... Um, low-key days at least the next two should be low-key days so um not bad and then we're all on vacation um until after the new year uh I need to get jamming on some gift wrapping I'm actually going to do that here shortly so typically babe and I are marathon gift wrappers and I've decided that I don't want to be that girl this year I want to be another girl (laughs) so I'm going to get started I did wrap some over the weekend I took my great nieces, their Christmas gifts, and uh, my mom and my sister. I got my mom a small Christmas gift. First of all, last week, we bought my mother a fucking sofa for Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. We should have put a bow on that shit. Um, I think I told y'all that. So that was her Christmas gift, but I wasn't sure if it was going to work out in time, so I got her something else just in case. So I just gave her that for Christmas. So I wrapped those up and took those over there. Um... (laughs) Let me tell y'all about this dumbass gift I bought my husband. Mm. So I had this idea. Uh, I was talking to my best friend about a gift for my husband. And I tried to give him this gift by way of gift cards last year. And I'm fairly certain he took the gift cards and spent them on stuff of the grass. That's not what I intended to happen for them that wasn't a plan (laughs) so um I so I so I get this idea right and I'm just like oh okay I don't have a lot of time to pull this off I jumped through a lot of hoops a lot of hoops when I say a lot of hoops I mean I had to figure out the last name of one of his friends which I did not know I figured out the last name of said friend Looked them up on Instagram. They had an account, which was good. I sent them a friend request and a message, a DM, <laughs> asking them to message me back because I had a question uh, about a gift I wanted to get my husband. And they are, this particular person is a subject matter expert in that area. Now we're cool and all of that, but I mean, I don't, I don't be talking to my husband's friends, you know, like I follow them. Some of them follow us, but like, you know, we don't side chat or no shit like that. So I realized that this person is not on the gram often. So (laughs) so I had to send another one of my husband's friends who is on the gram all the time a message saying, can you message the other friend and tell them to check their message and (laughs) respond back to me? (laughs) He did and they did. And I got exactly what I needed, right? 
So he tells me exactly what it is um, I should get based on, you know, the questions that I asked. (laughs) And so I immediately go online and order this thing. I asked him no follow-up questions. Like my question was very simple. This is your area. This is what I want to get. What do you recommend? That that's it. That's all, right? So I go online, I order it, boom, I could pick it up from the store. Okay, great, no problem. I get to the store and I'm I go to the girl and I'm like, Yeah, I'm here to pick up my order. You guys said it's ready. And she's like, Okay, and she looks it up in the system or whatever, and two white guys go off to go and get it. So um I say to her, Do you know how big this is? <laughs> And she's like, mm. she look at it in the system and she's like, nah, I'm not sure. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then um, the two white guys, they, I think they were still off to the side. They hadn't gone like deep into the back or anything. So she asked them. So they're like, oh, well, based on the size that it says here, it's not that big. Okay. Perhaps they should have defined not that big because... They were a black ass lie. And I just told you they were two white men. So no, they were not black. But being a black ass lie does not require one to actually be black. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, well, I can pull up my car. I, I put my seats down and I, I have a crossover vehicle. So it's SUV-ish. Um, so actually, it's a small truck. <laughs> anyway, so I pull up and they put it in. But two of them put it in. What? You told me it wasn't that big. How the fuck am I supposed to get this out of my car when I get home? (laughs) So I put it in my car. I wrap it up with blankets and cover it so my husband can't see. Um, And I needed to go to another store, right? I don't want you to break in my car and steal my shit. I would have been livid. Do you hear me? Livid. Anyway. So now I get home and I'm all like, oh, okay. Well, now what? (laughs) My plan didn't go far it didn't go far in the sense that I had not thought it all the way out and so I had no real plan on the next step so I'm like okay well I got home safely went to the store nobody stole my shit that's a plus what I did in fact and was getting it in the house so I'm like okay well, when he goes out, I'll get it in the house. So, but that meant that I had to ask my son, my son who is in school during the day. <laughs> oh, the universe worked it out. So the timing was right. And um, yeah, I'm going to post the picture so y'all can see what it looks like. Not it, but <laughs> what I have done with it. So my next chore is, how the fuck am I going to get this down to the Christmas tree in my house? No idea. I felt like I was in an episode of um, I Love Lucy and it was just all ridiculous. Productive, got the end result, but shenanigans for sure. So that was my foolishness and fuckery. I always imagine that someone is like sitting off in the distance when I'm doing stupid shit like this and just having the laugh of their life. Because I know it's funny to look at. It's funny to be involved in it. So I know being a onlooker without all the details is even funnier because you get to fill up the holes with, obviously, probably information that's not accurate, but it makes for a funny ass story. So that's what the fuck I was up to. (laughs) 
And then all of my gifts have rolled in. My two me from me Christmas gifts have been rolling in. So I think I'm going to just do one video haul and just share all the shit that I bought myself because that's exciting. Um, and then my woes with the United fucking Postal Service, the United States Postal Service. So I am one of a gajillion, I'm sure, who are waiting on packages. Now, these are not packages that, they're not Christmas gifts or anything like that. They're just shit that I ordered that I fucking want. Now, one of the things I ordered from Oso Paper, y'all already know I love them. And obviously, it's not their fault. They did their part. They shipped off the package. Okay, so they shipped off the package on the 4th of December. Yes, the 4th, okay? Now, it made it to my state, Maryland, on the 6th of December. Now, according to my tracker, because sis tracks every single package, it has been essentially 15 to 20 minutes from my house since December 6th. It says in transit arriving late. There is no additional update beyond December 6th. So my bestie goes to the post office and they're like, yeah, it says District Heights, but it's not the District Heights post office. It's the District Heights distribution center of which she cannot go. Now, oh, annoyed. Okay, so then I had another Oso paper order that also was shipped out. Now, the first order, oh, it belongs to the game now because it was Christmas Christmas related items that I needed to have mailed out already. So they were going to be these really cute custom labels that look like us, um, like an animated graphic of us um, to go on Christmas cards that I've already mailed out. So I'm going to have to say these for next Christmas and hope that I remember I have them in if I actually ever get them because so far, no update. So. The other thing was just a regular order that I ordered from Oso Paper. Now that one uh, shipped out after. So that one shipped out on the 14th. And the minute it got to the post office in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, it, it immediately said arriving late. What? So I was pissed. Do you hear me? I was so pissed. Because once they mark it arriving late, it's like it just sits there in the abyss. It didn't even get out the state, y'all. And y'all had already marked it late. So originally it was supposed to be delivered on the 18th. And well, that has not occurred yet. And we're into the 20s. So um, now the good news is over the weekend, it did move. So it's officially in the state of Maryland. Says it's in Hyattsville. Okay, great. We have some action. So I am hoping and praying. It did not come today and my husband checked the mail. So I am hoping and praying that by tomorrow, it has actually made its way to me. So fingers crossed. Um, now I know that there are, of, like I said, a kajillion people who are also waiting for USPS packages. And they are actually, in fact, waiting on Christmas items. And so <laughs> I ordered from Oso Paper, uh, what did I order? A bunch of Christmas stickers, like to decorate my planner, um, gift tags that are hella fucking cute. I want to put these black people on my Christmas gifts. Oh, so I'm going to start wrapping, like I said, but I'm going to hold off on the labels with the hopes that they come tomorrow. So I might just have to do a sticky note system for now. <laughs> um, so 
Oh, yes. Um, I've had great success with UPS and FedEx. They delivered the last two things that I needed um, in the last two days, and that has been bomb. So hopefully if you are stuck in the cycle of packages and stuff that you do get your things prior to Christmas, I'm sending you luck. So that's it for your Mimi update. All right, so let's get into some pop culture update. Um, we got a couple of things to talk about. Not too much, you know, sis is on vacation, so I'm doing a whole lot of nothing. All right, first of all, on the 19th of December, the illustrious and hell iconic Cicely Tyson turned 96 years old. So that was just over the weekend on Saturday. 96 years old? Jesus Christ. That is literally sounds like an eternity and Cicely is still out here in the streets at 96 sis is still working and everything I love that though honestly um I feel like when you kind of sit down and don't do anything that life kind of consumes you and you start to lose your marbles some um but she is dipping it and doing it um I think my first interaction on the screen that is with Cicely Tyson was her playing Miss Jane Pittman because I had to read that shit in high school (laughs) we read it and we watched it but Cicely Tyson was born in 1924 24 y'all it's 2020 it's about to be 2021 now I'm saying that all dramatic like my grandmother's in her 90s But still, like, that's a lot of life. My grandmother ain't out here dipping and doing it like Cicely Tyson, though. I tell you that. So in all these years, she was only married once. And she was married from 1981 to 1988. So she was only married for seven years. Wait a fucking minute. Did you? Okay. Did y'all know she was married to Miles Davis? Like American jazz trumpeter Miles Davis did not fucking know that now he had a few wives three to be exact but Sicily wow (laughs) wow I mm, learned something new every day did not know that shit god damn so Miles Davis was born in 1926 now. He died in 91. But damn. Okay. All right, Cicely. Out here for real. Um, <laughs> she doesn't have any kids or anything, though. Very, very interesting. So anyway, there were lots of just celebrities showing her love and stuff like that. Rightfully deserved. Um, Hollywood definitely um, has done a good job of giving her her roses now. All right, moving on to one of my favorite shows, Snowfall. Y'all watch Snowfall? Snowfall is good as shit. It is like your modern day um, godfather. <laughs> like it's a show up Snowfall. You know what the Snowfall is, right? You know the snow? The booger sugar? Do you know what that is? Okay. It's about drugs. <laughs> Snowfall is about drugs. Hence the booger sugar because it's why. Anyway, so um, the new season premiere is coming out on February 24th on FX. Ah, 
super excited about that. I feel like I need to rewatch season three to get caught up on what happened to make sure it's fresh in my mind. So I am, um, oh wait, okay, so it comes out on February 24th and then the next day you could get it streaming on FX on Hulu. So you got options. Um, I'm glad that they are keeping it going. Um, I don't know if you all knew, but that was a John Singleton production. So, um, you know, he died. So I was happy to see that they are still, you know, going to continue on with the show. The show is bomb. It's so bomb. It's set in 1983 and it's about the crack cocaine epidemic. Ooh, it's so good, y'all. So, um... John Singleton, along with two other people, were the program creators. And John Singleton, uh, along with these two other creators and some others, were also the writers. So I hope that um, they continue with the same energy that they have been given us in the previous seasons. Because I am ready to tune in for their shenanigans. It's always some shenanigans. So that is that. If you are a fan, you may also want to get uh, reacquainted with the story and get caught up on season three because season four is coming. Now we got time. We got two months, but I'm just saying. All right, moving on. So Black Panther 2. So we already knew that there was going to be a Black Panther 2, but then with the tragic and sudden death of Chadwick Boseman, everybody kind of speculated on what would happen and even put out what they think should happen. Well, speculate no more. Because Disney has put out exactly what the fuck is going to happen. So here's a few things to note. So Black Panther 2 will be opening on July 8th of 2022. Hold your mule. It's going to be a minute. Now, it's being written by Ryan Coogler again. Who Ryan Coogler did the last one. He did Fruitvale Station. Um, he did some others. Uh... Ryan Coogler is bomb. I got to interview him about Black Panther. And he is such an around-the-way guy. Chill so hard. Chill so hard. Even when he talk, he be so cool. Um, And I remembered interviewing him, right? And we're sitting at the table. And I'm like, hi, I'm Mimi of MimiQlips.com. And he was like... He was like, say that again. He's like, I'm real particular. Like, I want to make sure I got it right. So I was like, you know, Mimi Robinson... I wasn't Robinson then, uh, of MimiCuteLips.com. And he was like, word, that's you. And I was like, yeah. He was like, that's what's up. Hell yeah. Anyway, um, thanks for letting me have that moment. Okay, so <laughs> Ryan is back on. And um, uh, a lot of people were wondering if they would replace Chadwick as Black Panther. The short answer is no. Hell no to the no, no, no. So what they are going to do is honor Chadwick's legacy and his portrayal of T'Challa and Marvel Studios will not recast the character. They're going to explore the world of Wakanda and the other characters that were introduced in the first film, which they could easily do. And it could still be solidly legit and exciting and all those things because there was so many people. I personally would like to explore more of Winston Duke's character. I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out there in case they need some ideas. So there is definitely so much to build on in so many different directions that I don't doubt for one minute that they can't go on. Now, I don't know how long you can go on as far as storyline. Also, I'm not into comics. Black Panther is the first comic 
I've ever watched. And Wonder Woman, which I slept through half of it, was the second one. So there's that part. So I imagine that they could do whatever they want and write whatever they want and still kind of hang on to the legacy that he's already built. Um, I'm sure they have like some old footage or, you know, some unused footage that they could use um, to push the storyline. So we'll have to stay tuned for that. Like I said, hold your mule. That's in 2022. Next up, Love and Hip Hop. I told y'all I watch anything from documentaries to ratchet ass television. This is the ratchet ass television portion. So Love and Hip Hop is doing a four part reunion special. It's called Secrets Unlocked and it's a virtual reunion. Guess you can't throw no shoes that way, huh? Um, It will feature cast members from New York, Atlanta, Miami, and Hollywood. I watch Atlanta for sure. Atlanta's my favorite. Um... I watched New York. I've watched some of Hollywood. I'm kind of hit or miss with it, and I hated Miami. I didn't really watch that one at all. Um, but they'll all be there, and it'll be uh, hosted by Kendall Kendall, and it's supposed to air on January 4th. So foolishness and fuckery at the top of the new year. Now on to some other exciting news. Have y'all seen the movie Sing? It's not a new movie. It has been out, but it is such a good movie dare I say I think I would consider Sing um one of my favorite animated movies it's such a good movie so good so um I'm excited that we're getting a two I'm super excited that we are getting a two so here's the tea on that so um matter of fact me and Nori watched sing this weekend because the singing is so good anyway sing comes out next year so literally a year to the day it comes out december 22nd 2021 um i'm excited to see who will come back and who will be new cast members i'm really curious to see that um there are a million different directions that they could go in for sing two i mean like so many directions um but not only was it really funny the songs were good and it had a good storyline so we'll see who is going to pop up on the screen um jennifer hudson was one of the singers last time um I believe that, um, uh, what's his face? Pharrell is, is going to join, um, Halsey, a Halsey, whatever. I don't know this person. I always hear people talk about her. I think it's a her. Don't really know that either. Not my zhuzh. But he or she is going to be on it. Bono. I think, um, Bono, Bono, Bono is a good one. Especially because it's animated. I th- he's got a good voice. I think that'll be really good. Pharrell. Um, <laughs> so Pharrell is going to be a teenaged wolf? Oh, no. Okay. No. So what they're go- their new characters will be a teenaged wolf, which he totally could be. I mean, he ages backwards. Let's face it. Um, a faded rock star lion and an elephant ice cream truck driver. Fill in the blanks as you feel. <laughs> I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, but I'm excited to see. Um, so they have some returning people. Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, Scar- Scarlett Johansson, um, Tori Kelly, and some other people. Um, but this will be Bono's first time ever voicing a character or singing in an animated movie. So they are already ready and ripe for a holiday release next year. Um, so I think that's dope. So um, I will be ready. Hopefully the world will be open and I can go back to doing advanced screenings and giving away tickets for families to join us at these advanced screenings and um, spread a little love and a little holiday cheer next year. So um, I'm excited about those. That is it for your pop culture update. All right, y'all. So let's talk about what Mimi is watching. Told y'all I'm on vacation. Noticing a recurring theme. So I have not watched a lot of TV. I did not get a chance to watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix yet. And I haven't watched it because I know it's heavy. And I'm just not in a heavy kind of mood. I'm just not. But um, Babe and I will probably definitely watch it this week. That's the other thing is I'm waiting to watch it with him. And he just doesn't have a sense of urgency about watching TV in a manner in which I do. So there's that part too. So, so far I watched The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think I actually watched two episodes. Um, not much of anything to report. Um, we saw Candy's daughter, Riley, graduate from high school and she's headed to New York for college. We saw Cynthia uh, making some dumbass decisions and commentary based on her wedding. Now, obviously, we know the outcome because they did, in fact, get married um, on their original wedding date of October 10, um, 2020. But the conversation leading up to it was very fucking stupid and immature. Um, Cynthia was appears to be hell bent on having a wedding with her, an audience than the marriage um it definitely comes across that way and at one point um her now husband Mike Hill is like am I not good enough for you and it's like she was saying yeah but so on one hand she's like oh I'll marry you anywhere yeah but she really wants this big elaborate wedding so in a previous episode she was like she deserves a do-over because her first wedding was shit and so it was the wedding and Mike was like I don't give a shit about that. And rightfully so. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they, ain't got no, they ain't got shit to do with me. I'm talking about us right here, right now. What is we going to do? So um, she had this big grandiose wedding planned and that was fine. But then we have a global pandemic. And so that changed everything. Um, so I'm sure they're going to drag it out the full length of this season. And it'll culminate with the wedding, which, like I said, we already know did, in fact, take place. So there's that. Um, we also watched Deliciousness, which is a, I guess, a limited show. It's a spinoff from Ridiculousness, but it's mostly about food. It's hosted by Tiffany Amber Thiessen, aka Kelly from Saved by the Bell. Um, I think we've watched maybe two to four episodes. It's funny. We love Ridiculousness anyway, and we watch it. So it's the exact same premise, pretty much just about food. Um, and as a fellow fat girl. I love to look at food, to talk about food, and laugh at it. So it's pretty entertaining. Nothing to write home about, but solid on its own. Um, I also watched the latest episode of All Rise, which was good. Lola's mom was tripping with no luggage. Oh, my God. So Lola Carmichael is the judge, a black woman, shows about her. 
and her mom her mom oh excuse me her mom is um I want to say a community worker. So her mom is someone who helps out those in need within her community. And in this particular time, um, Lola was the judge on a case and her mom had helped out the person on trial. And she was in the back of the courtroom, y'all. She was all kind of disruptive. She was making noise and chiming and comment. Okay, so imagine you're watching TV and you're commentating and kind of narrating what's going on. Like that's what her mother was doing. And she finally was like, enough enough or I will hold you in contempt and put your ass out of my room my courtroom um so yeah it was uh it was an okay episode um nothing to write home about but I suspect that there is more to come all right so oh Grey's Anatomy and Station fucking 19 y'all this was a crossover episode and when I say there is so much to unpack. There is so much to unpack. If you are a fan of Grey's Anatomy and Station 19, both, and you have not watched episode five, I think it is. Um, it's the episode that that aired last uh, Thursday on December 17th. If you have not watched, then go ahead and skip to the end of this What Mimi's Watching segment because I'm about to let it rip. So... This episode took us on a ride of our fucking life. I was watching and for the first 40 minutes, I was absolutely fine. But my bestie T had already watched this. So she was like, gird your loins. So I'm like watching, waiting for the bottom to drop out. I don't know how and what that looks like, but I'm waiting for it. And it doesn't happen to the last 20 minutes of the show. It's a hell of a fucking 20 minutes though. That shit felt like in eternity. Eternity. Oh my God. Okay, so the, the episode description is um I don't know. Oh, okay. I was about to say, look, I don't know. So um while off duty, the crew jumps into action to help a mother in distress, but their heroic efforts spark conflict with police officers. So there's a few things taking place in this episode. Andy and Sullivan find a way to stay connected. So before he was all like, I need to be separated from my wife because of my sobriety. He took that as gospel in a sense that someone told him that might be a good idea. And he felt like, okay, I'll do it. And she was like, okay, I'll do it if it means getting you better. What he didn't realize that it was merely a suggestion. And so he ends up talking to Weber because it's a crossover episode. And also because Richard Weber from Grey's Anatomy is his sponsor. He used to be an alcoholic. So Richard is like, yeah, no, you don't have to do that. He's like, that's a suggestion. But if being with your wife doesn't make you think about drugs, doesn't make you want to do drugs, then it's perfectly fine for you to be around her. So what that person meant, I guess, when they said it was... If your partner is a detriment to your recovery process, then yeah, you should separate and get yourself together. But that's not the case. She wholeheartedly supports him and his sobriety. And so he was like, yeah, so you don't have to not be away from her. So uh, you see them getting it on all over the firehouse (laughs) now that they could be one and are reunited. So 
Um, that was cute to see too. And then um, Ben, oh, so Miranda's mom dies. So Ben's mother-in-law dies and he's responsible for telling their two boys. And it's a tough one. So Miranda's still hard at work at the hospital. She ain't taking no time off because she just needs to keep busy. So Ben is the one that has to tell Tucker, Tuck, and the other son. I forget his name. They kind of like took him in last season um, that the grandmother died. And Tuck does not take it well. He's just upset. Um, he's, you know, he's like, well, this isn't fair. COVID isn't fair. You know, grandma was by herself. And he's just really, really down um, about the whole situation. So you see that part play out and then Tuck goes as far as to say, you are not my dad. Ugh! it was like somebody stabbed Ben in the heart. He was so hurt and you could see the hurt and it was just like, oh, damn, why we had to go there? But his sister has been there taking care-ish of the boys since he and his wife Miranda are first responders. So she gave him some insight and some perspective based on his behavior as a kid and some things that he said and did that were kind of along the lines of Tuck that he just did not recall. So she got him together in a nice way possible. And Ben was saying he remembered when they, when he was a kid that spaghetti was kind of like the great equalizer. And so... um Tuck hadn't been talking to him all day and he was like closed up in his room. He wouldn't even talk to the brother. And so he decided he was going to make spaghetti. And it worked. So it worked. It absolutely worked. At some point, he smelled the food and came down. Isn't that how all the kids do? (laughs) So it was really sweet to see them kind of work through the trauma of his grandmother, you know, mother-in-law dying how they're going to handle that part and kind of getting past Tuck's feelings. And and when Tuck came down on his own accord, he apologized for what he said um, and been recognized with the help of his sister, you know, that he was just hurting and that it was not an actual personal attack on him. So it was nice to kind of see them work through that and then ultimately resolve it in a very healthy way. Um, also, okay, so on Station 19, Vic has been flirting with this new firefighter, y'all. Mm-hmm. So we've seen him for a few episodes now. He's a cutie. And she just needs to do him already. But she's playing coy. So we'll see how that all plays out. And then um, Jack and his boo, um, Ayanara, I think is her name. She's the mom to the little boy who's deaf. They get closer. They do it. (laughs) They do it. I'm such a small child. (laughs) Um, so they has the sex and they done took the, the situation ship, I guess, to new levels. Um, okay. So let's get back to the meat and potatoes of this episode. And that's the part where I was telling you the crew jumps into action. Okay. So here's what happened. So they're having a party at Maya's house. They're supposed to be having a party and Maya Um, They trick Maya and she ends up needing to shower and change her clothes. So while she is doing that, the crew is kind of like setting up and um, they hear a mother in distress. Like she's hollering and screaming. They're firefighters. What do they do? They spring in action. They're fucking firefighters. And so this woman, this black woman is next door and she's hollering, my daughter's in there. I need to get in there. So there is a white man who lives next door And the mom is like, my daughter is not at home. She didn't come home or something like that. And I have tracked her GPS on her watch to or her phone to this location, to this white man's house. 
and the white man is being a total and complete dick about it um won't let the woman in not that you should just let her in i mean she's a stranger but he's just being a dickhead about it unnecessarily so the station 19 folks are like hey we're firefighters they you know identify themselves basically the best that they can because they are off duty and he was a dick to them too now this black mother is ferocious okay so she's like yeah that's not gonna work for me i will bust this door down like it says my daughter is here. I believe my daughter is here. There is nowhere else she is um, based on the fact that she wasn't where she was supposed to be. So she ain't there. She ain't nowhere. She got to be in here. This is what it says. And so um, at first they're like, you know, well, we got to follow, follow protocol and we got to call the cops. And she's like, yeah, they ain't tripping over me. They ain't coming. They're not going to help. I got to take this matters into my own hand. When I say she advocated, oh. Sis was not taking no for an answer from NT1. Now, immediately, Dean was on ready, set, go. And his stock certainly went the fuck up. Um, He showed out this episode in the absolute best way possible. So my bestie T and I had to unpack this. And we were trying to determine, like, what kind of trauma we had based on this episode. And I've come to the conclusion that it's all the trauma. Like, at first, I felt a way as a black person. Then I felt a way as a black woman. I, then I felt a way as a woman. I felt a way about being a mother. I felt a way about just being a fucking human being. Now, let me tell you why. So, okay, I told you she shows up and she's all like, my daughter's in there to GPS, GPS. Now, her daughter was with a friend, but the mom's friend at the time, she had not been able to reach. So the mom's, the other mom is oblivious as to what's going on with her daughter. So she finally gets a hold of her and the lady shows up. And at first, the two of them kind of go each other like, this is your fault, blah, blah, blah. So the story is the girls were chatting online to a girl their age, allegedly, and she said she should meet up now the she that they thought they were talking to was really this old white man so they show up to meet him and he throws them in a van and kidnaps them that's what happens well so finally the cops show up and this black woman like I said she's on 500,000 and the cops are total and complete dicks they're two white guys and they're just like ma'am you better calm down and ma'am why do you know they're there and kids lie all the time and all of this other shit right this is the reason why we have so many black y- girls missing kidnapped sex traffic and nobody cares by nobody I mean the authorities like black um black kids in general who go missing do not get the time or the service or the commitment to being found like they do to white kids in the same predicament they don't that's not um just my opinion that shit is factual and you can google the uh the numbers for yourself so this is exactly one of those cases and i felt like I was cool for the first 40 minutes and all of a sudden like my blood was boiling. Like as this situation continued to unravel, I wanted to kill everybody myself. So they're hella disrespectful, right? So um, they're not taking no for an answer. Even the firefighters are like, yo, like can y'all do something? And the cops are just being dicks. And they, first of all, the cops didn't even have any respect for the firefighters none whatsoever and they were on the side of this white man like legit on his side he could do no wrong so the house starts to smoke 
and the man comes out he's got like this burn on his forearm and he's like coughing or whatever and he goes to the same two dickhead cops that he had been talking to before now she is if you thought she was on 500,000 before oh no she three times that now because now there's smoke and she knows that her child is in there so um the firefighters have been trying to follow the regular protocol right you call the police they're in charge blah 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 and then once they had they saw some smoke all bets were off (laughs) they realized dean didn't even give a a fuck because i told you he was on ready set go from the beginning but maya realized that the bias that was taking place and she was like well if there's smoke then it could be gas and that's the fireman's jurisdiction so they were like you smell gas and they were like yep and they all took off and just start breaking into the house were there two girls in there yes the fuck they were do you know that these white cops stood out there and casually talked to this white man the entire time he said they weren't in there and they took that as the gospel even when the house was smoking on fire they did nothing at no point was this man handcuffed or anything do you hear me so sullivan and dean run into the house to try and find the girls they end up being in a basement behind a locked door that was bombarded with stuff in front of it stuff that this white man put in front of it now when he came out he had burns the smoke started in a basement which means he had to be down there he had gone down there with them he knew that they were there and he was going to let them burn the fuck up in the house and these white ass cops were still just doing everything but offering this man a stake on the curb now even when they realized the cops realized that these were in two fact two black girls who had been kidnapped do you think they did anything different nope they did not did not this white man had the audacity to say that these teenagers broke in his home burned down his house and he wanted them arrested y'all when i was the rage the rage the mitigated gall the audacity what the fuck you kidnapped them locked them up in your basement and so one of the girls was like i'm sorry i started the fire but i heard a commotion i thought somebody was gonna come and rescue us and then it got quiet so what she heard was her mom going off on the cops and the cops blowing her off and she was like so i started a fire because i felt like that was the only way anybody was going to ever find us which was smart on her part, but she was locked in a room and could have potentially burned herself up. That's here nor there because they got out. But the white ass cop overheard her and was taking notes. Do you know that these white motherfuckers tried to arrest these girls saying they started a fire and the white guy was like, yeah, they just busted up in my house and set my house on fire. Y'all, they were trying to arrest these children who were kidnapped yo like when I say I went through all of my emotions while I was watching this episode like all of them I felt like I was scooting closer and closer to the edge of the bed that I was sitting on oh it was a lot now Dean Dean was riding for them black women from jump from jump he also is a single father to a black daughter And he was like, and his daughter, she's itty bitty. But she was like, you know, that could have been my daughter. And I always think whenever I hear these fucked up ass stories with white cops, any color cop, I always think this could be your sister. This could be your daughter. This could be your wife. 
Yet that doesn't cause them to move any differently. It doesn't cause them to treat the victims any better. They still just don't give a fuck. Ugh, it was a lot. It was a lot. But those two black moms, because the other mom showed up, they were not for the shits. Do you hear me? Um, But it was disheartening to see these white men manhandling these black women because she wouldn't calm down. I'm sorry. How does one remain calm when their child is missing, believes that they are kidnapped and locked in a basement of a house that is not now on fire? I'm sorry. I'm fresh out of calms and fucks. You've got to be kidding me. One of the moms, the cop, the white cop ended up slamming on a car and cuffing her racist much girl oh my god so then um dean is livid and he takes off running to almost like tackle the cop because he's watching him slam this woman on the hood and treat her unfairly she didn't do anything wrong but you told her to calm down and she wouldn't calm down there's nothing calm about this situation nothing nothing they treated her like trash so of course dean hauls off running and so do all the other cops then come running after him and um andy who is a firewoman she's a latino woman um says something one of the cops throws her to the ground throws her to the ground she ain't do nothing wrong nothing wrong so what happens that triggers her husband sullivan and he come hauling ass like you not gonna do my wife that way and then what happens what we always see play out on the news all these officers of mixed race now not just the two white officers pull their guns out on sullivan who is played by boris kojo with his handsome self um it was a lot It was a fucking lot. It was triggering as fuck on so many levels. But through all of it, it was excellently done. So there's a part of the episode where Vic is running off the statistics to her white fireman who doesn't quite get it. Um, The statistics of kidnap women, kidnap girls, black girls, and how no one comes looking for them. Like when I say she ran off these numbers to Jack, like, listen, because Jack is all white. And he's like, oh, well, let's just call the cops and everyone stay calm. And she's like, no, it ain't shit calm about this. Like we don't get the same outcomes. And she runs the numbers down. And she was like, I don't just know them because I want to. I know them because I have to. I could easily become one of those numbers. So while this was a racist ass, triggering ass episode, there was also a lot of education within the episode, which I appreciated. Um, It definitely showed you the systematic um, bias and racist behaviors of cops and what that looks like and how that manifests on black women, black children and women in general. And black men, my bad, black men too. So um, it was a lot. Now, um, this was a crossover episode. So um, Station 19 ends with them pulling a gun out on Sullivan. And um, I wanted to stand up and give it a round of applause. (laughs) Like I really, really wanted to. Um, Because that's what the fuck it's like living in America while black. Living in a world that only gives you its ass to kiss and a big fuck you every time something happens, even when it's not your fault. 
All right. So then Grey's Anatomy kicks in and Grey's Anatomy is um, okay. No. So when they leave station 19, they need to take the two girls who were kidnapped and this dickhead ass white man who kidnapped them to the hospital so the two girls come in first one girl has no mother why because they arrested her mother and threw her in jail so she can't come so the one mom is trying to reassure both of the girls and you know like i got you and all this other stuff and so jackson who is almost like the dean of this episode was he was ride or die for black women from the jump he was like hell no i'm going to protect them don't let this motherfucker in this hospital so he gets the girls, moves them to a totally different floor, and they bring the racist-ass white dude into the ER to be treated. So also later on in that episode, um, the mom shows up. She's out of jail, not because they just let her go, because Jackson has money and his money talked. And so one of the other characters, I forget who it was, is telling Jackson like, oh, no, you're such a great guy. He was like, no. We live in a world where money talks and I happen to have some money. That's it. That's all. That's the only reason the mother was able to get out. So um, so that was a really, really sweet uh, and endearing moment. And then there was Owen. Owen's the ginger on Grey's Anatomy, white guy, red hair. And so Jackson is like telling him and Owen's a white guy. So it wasn't abundantly clear where he stood on the situation in which way he was swing. But let me tell you, Owen stock went up too. Owen read that white man for fucking filth. So what I forgot was that Owen's sister was a prisoner of war. And so that allowed him to better sympathize with these two girls who had been kidnapped because his sister had been essentially kidnapped. They were all in the military together. And he knows what that her is like. He read that white man for filth. He did what he was supposed to as a doctor. And he took care, you know, of the stuff that he needed to take care of. But he ran that man for filth. And then the man had a stroke. <laughs> oh, well. Um. So... Then you see this white bitch circling around the ER. First, she comes in the ER and she acts like she needs some medical attention, saying that she thinks she was knocked in the head by somebody who was trying to, um, somebody who was trying to like mug her and she needs to see a doctor. Well, as it plays out, she wanted to sneak around the hotel, not the hotel, the hospital and find out where the two girls was. This is the same bitch from the last season who had sex trafficked a white girl. So this bitch was on the phone and like using a voice recorder to record anything she could. They were going to sex traffic these girls. That white bastard kidnapped these two black girls and was going to sell them into sex trafficking. Y'all, that's a lot. That is a whole, whole lot. Now, again, just like in Station 19, this episode was not without facts, except for this time, it was Maggie. And in a conversation, Maggie was just going down the numbers again and the facts that how even in the medical field, black people are disproportionately treated and our um, mortality rate for black women is severely higher than those of our white counterparts. I mean, and how... um more black people are dying from COVID, but if this was a thing happened to white people, then it, they would have long made it a law for people to wear a mask. And like, it's again, systematic racist bias and all of that. 
And they mention it on both episodes in a very, very smart way. And I like that. I like that it's not just a show um, about entertainment. They aren't afraid to tackle the issues, but I feel like if you're going to tackle them, you need to tackle them head on. And they definitely did a great job of doing that both on Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy. Also, we got to see DeLuca. Now, they thought DeLuca was cuckoo crazy when he was ranting and raving about that girl last season. That was the season finale that he felt like the girl had been sex trafficked and nobody would listen to her. So um, DeLuca was giving a pep talk to Miranda about getting rest and all that other stuff because she's just working. Even though her mom died, she just has been working. She hasn't taken any time off. And so then um, he finally said to her, he was like, well, I have to go because I need my sleep and to take my meds so I can continue to be good. But he was advocating for himself. And it was a reminder to her that she needed to take care of herself as well. It was a really, really um, kind of sweet moment that they shared. So also... um. Okay, so as DeLuca is leaving the hospital, right, he's going home to get that sleep he was talking about. He sees the white bitch in the parking lot and he instantly remembers her from the sex trafficking girl. Now, last season, I told you they thought he was crazy, thought he was acting out. And it turns out that he was on the money because the white girl that they had kidnapped before said um, she was like, I was afraid. So I didn't say anything before. But she was like, yes, they are sex trafficking me like that's what happened. So she he saw the white chick in the parking lot. And he's talking to his sister and he's like, yo, that's that bitch from the sex trafficking girl. We need to get her. And before last season, the sister was like, oh, like you need to get it together. This time she was a ride or die. She was like, okay, I'm driving. And then they hop in the car and like head to follow this woman. Oh, she didn't question him at all. She just let him. Um, So he is also doing his part. Can't wait to see how that plays out. Now, this was a winter finale. So it's going to be a minute. Um, And then you see Amelia. <laughs> and so once um Amelia operates on the, the racist white guy who kidnapped the girls and, you know, they're like, I think it was Maggie who was all like, so did you hear about the story? And she was like, yeah. And <laughs> and she had a funny way of like get, stating her position. And that was she wasn't fucking, you know, she wasn't fucking with this white man. But she was like, you know, as a as a doctor, I take an oath to treat everyone fair and provide them the same level of care. And she did. She did her part medically. And she was like, but I did my job so good. He's going to live even longer on death row in prison. And I was like, hell yeah, Amelia. Hell yeah. He's going to rot in prison. Um, So uh, Mackie was already having a hard time with her sister Meredith having COVID and not being lucid and all that other stuff. And so her boo showed up at the door. He had some flowers and it was a really, really sweet reunion. Um, it was all that she needed and more. And honestly, she should have just took her clothes off right there because he is fine as fuck. She didn't. They didn't. But stay tuned for the next episode. <laughs> um, and then there's Owen and Teddy. So Teddy finally said something to Owen. Um, I don't know. She felt like she she randomly had like word vomit where she started telling him the truth about a story because she wanted him to know the truth. First of all, he's mad at her. Because she accidentally recorded a voicemail of her fucking somebody else. And they were engaged to be married. Like, within days. So, 
I think she felt like she was doing the right thing by starting to tell him this story. But I want to flip the tables on that ass and was like, he starts laughing at him one moment and it leads you to believe that he's going to forgive her. And he's like, nope. After he laughs, he's like, you, I thought you, I thought something changed about you. And he was like, as it turns out, you've been the same bitch. He didn't call her bitch, but you've been the same bitch the whole time. Teddy has lied to Owen so many times to the point where he just realized that the girl that they named their daughter after wasn't just a friend from the military. She's Teddy's ex side piece, not side piece, but girlfriend. Like they had a thing. She was madly in love with her. And he was like, you lied to me. You had me name my daughter after someone you love, someone you were in a relationship. It's real soap opera like with the two of them. Um, I go back and forth on liking Owen and Teddy. Teddy is messy. She is good at her job, but she is messy. So that's it. That's all for what Mimi is watching. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi Said What. If you like it, love it, and you damn sure want more of it, here's what I need you to do. Like it. Review it. Rate it. Send a friend. Tell a friend about it. Subscribe. Okay? That's it. That's all. It's that simple. Um, you can follow me everywhere on social at Mimi Cute Lips. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use the hashtag Mimi Said What. Until next time, cuties, Merry fucking Christmas.